Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by Frank Generali, owner of Mud Sweat Tears. Frank and I had a great conversation, not only around his training as an endurance athlete, but how he takes what he's learned as an athlete to properly train his athletes. Whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find the information Frank shares highly valuable. So let's tune in. Frank, thank you for joining me today. How are you? Living the dream. How are you doing? Same, same. Can't complain here. I am super excited to talk to you today. Um, we talked a while back on the phone about the things you're doing with both your training and with your athletes. And I really love the direction you go with things. And so I really wanted to dive into that today and how all that pertains to decreasing risk of injury as well. But first, let's just, um, let's want you to introduce yourself first. Who are you? Where are you? And all that fun stuff. Frank Generelli, owner of uh, Mud Sweat Tears in Verona, New Jersey. Uh, we are also a CrossFit gym, MST CrossFit. Uh, it's pretty much bringing OCR and CrossFit together. Uh, you know, I, I am also uh, an OCR athlete. I uh, love the endur- world of endurance. Uh, anything over 30 miles, you officially have my attention. Uh, not that I don't like the shorter distance races, but uh, really come to live after mile 20. Uh, so that's uh, kind of where I'm at with all that. Uh, still going to race Greek Peaks this weekend because it's an amazing race. Can't miss that. It's going to be sucker fest in the snow. Um, but uh, yeah. You said the 100 mile one last weekend, right? <laughs> yes, yes, we did. Uh, we did the, uh, the peak races, uh, Snow Devil, 100 mile. Uh, I fell apart around mile 40 uh, and officially pulled the plug at mile 50. It was my first time in snowshoes and my first time running in micro spikes. Um, quite the learning curve. Um, had an amazing time, by the way. Uh, the, the staff out there, uh, Don Devaney, uh, Andrew Hollister, and uh, Jason Barnes, uh, what an amazing group of individuals. Um, they really they gave me the full court press after I was, uh, I was considering pulling the plug at mile 50. Um, you know, they were like, you know, you should stay, you know, think about this, rest a little bit. And not to the point where they were like, they just wanted me to get back out there and race. They didn't want me to get back in the car and get like 10 miles down the road and go, why did I just leave? You know, they, they wanted to make sure that I was solid in my decision. It wasn't just like a knee jerk reaction, uh, which I really respected. I thought that was super cool because there have been some, some instances where you say, man, I wish I would have done, but now I'm, I'm stuck in the decision that I made. Um, so to see that they actually went that extra step to make sure you were comfortable with the decision you had made. Uh, I really respected that. Uh, but my, I knew me and my body, we both knew 50 miles was enough. Um, definitely go, I'm definitely going to go back next year. Um, it was an amazing event. Uh, a lot of lessons learned out on the mountain and uh, a big fan of peak races, by the way, uh, every time I do one of their events, I learn a little bit more about myself. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was, it was a great time. Had, a, had an amazing time out there. Awesome. Do you think it was just the difference of the snowshoes and that sort of thing and not being used to it? Or was it a training thing? Um, I, I'm going to say that I was not ready to wear snowshoes. Literally the first time I wore them was three, two, one, go. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it was like, you know, but when do you, when do you side, right? You're like, all right, it's a hundred mile race. Great. Snowshoes. Awesome. Like, so yeah, I, yes, I should have trained in the snow with snowshoes beforehand. But 
why not? Why not? Why not go out there and try to chip away at 100 snowshoes? Um, I did find out that it's incredibly difficult to run uphill in snowshoes, but it's a lot of fun to run downhill in snowshoes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had an amazing time bombing the downhills in those things. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we had the, I'm in, I'm in North Jersey. We had like the worst winter ever. It snowed once and maybe like an eighth of an inch, like nothing, like total dusting. So like there was nowhere really for me to go train on snowshoes anyway. So why not, why not get out of your comfort zone? Why not try these new things and learn a lesson, right? So <laughs> I learned a lesson uh, <laughs> and I walked away feeling amazing about it. So here we go. No <laughs> and now you know how to run the snowshoes. <laughs> now I know how to run the snowshoes. <laughs> awesome. Well, I want to dive into your training first because you absolutely love the long endurance events, but you don't train that as far as the running endurance goes. So I want you to kind of talk about your training specifically, um, and not necessarily details, but how you train for these long races without actually running. So, so historically, I come from the world of road running. Uh, road running had lent to uh, trail running. Trail running uh, had lent to OCR. And the only reason I had stumbled upon OCR is I was getting really bored uh, with going out there and uh, just, just running road races and trail races. My, my brain was starting to fall out of my ear. There was nothing else. Smile after mile, smile after mile. And then when OCR popped up, this is amazing. It's going to be run 400 meters. I'm going to have to climb a rope now and carry a heavy, heavy object. It's going to really even the playing field out. Uh, super cool, but then that changes the whole training methodology, right? So now it's not only just running, it's, it's cardiovascular, it's strength, it's gymnastics, a lot more things are getting involved there. Um, and I had signed up for Killington Ultra after had, not my first foray into OCR, but my first ultra, uh, and I failed miserably at it. I don't even remember what year it was, but it was terrible. Uh, fell flat on my face, didn't make the uh, cutoff time. I made it at, at a bin, but after that, my body, my body just fell apart. Um, so whatever I had been doing, the training at the time, was just not enough. Uh, so I had, I had stumbled upon, I stumbled into a CrossFit gym, and I had a lot of bravado at the time, thinking I knew everything. I walked up to the front desk, and I told the guy behind the, the front count, front desk, said, you're going to be my personal trainer. And he goes, excuse me? I said, yeah, you're going to be my personal trainer. I said, why? I explained to him how he, like, I, I just, you know, couldn't, wasn't strong enough to finish the race, and I needed training. He said, here's the deal. You don't need a personal trainer. You need coaching. And so, you know, what's the difference? Said, Come on in. Brings me into the gym, shows me the whiteboard. There's a there's a lot on the board. It, it's like it might as well be written in Greek. I have no idea what there's EMOMs and AMRAPs and, and and RFTs. I have no idea what all this stuff means. It breaks it all down, explains to me. So this is what I need to do. He said, he's like, what's your job for a living? So I'm an electrician. He's like, well, do you take it seriously? Do you earn your paycheck? So yeah, I take my job seriously. I'm my paycheck. It's like at three, two, one, go. You're on the job. He's like, I need you to take this workout seriously. Not that you have to be the best athlete in the room. And I don't need you to lift the heaviest weights, but I need you to take the training seriously. So it may only be a 15 minutes worth of work. Sometimes it might be a 40 minute chipper, but when the, the, when the three, two, one goes, you're on the job. You're a straight up professional. And then after it, die, fall apart, whatever it does, get yourself back together. But I need you to train with purpose. And I said, okay, uh, I'm, will, I'm willing to buy it. I'll, 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 uh, I'll toe the line on this one. And in, in going through that training, uh, it, in doing CrossFit and, and taking it seriously, uh, I had, had found my, my racing had been improving leaps and bounds. 
Um, yes, I still get tired, I still get fatigued, but that moment was getting pushed further and further out. Um, my VO2 max was amazing. Um, so there was something to this. I said, something's going on here. And at the same time that I'm doing this, you know, I'm also, I'm also knee deep in the world of OCR and I'm experiencing the fact that I see uh, a lot of athletes that aren't getting the proper training, you know, and, and it's not for uh, their lack of their own knowledge, it's just lack of everyone else's knowledge on, on, on how to really uh, funnel all these people together. So what I did was I, I, had, I had taken myself off the trails. I had stopped running the amount of long distance that I was running. And I started doing more of my training on uh, rowers, assault bikes, uh, ski ergs. I still was doing my intervals on uh, love, love Air Runners, by the way. Uh, a lot of great bands, brands out there between True Form, uh, Salt Runners, amazing. Uh, so I was doing a lot of my intervals on that, making my legs stronger, getting my gait back in alignment. Because, you know, your gait goes all over the place once you're running outside. Um, but I started using that with, you know, hand in hand with CrossFit. Um, and it was really improving where I was at. So I was like, how do I, how do I dial this in? How do I dial this in and, and show everybody else? Listen, this can be amazing for you. You don't have to use, you don't have to lift the heaviest weights and, and turn into a gorilla. You can, which is amazing. One day I want to be like that too. Um, but you can use this to, to stay lean, build up, build that muscle and be able to fly, you do those long distance races and be successful at it. So that's kind of where I'm at with all that. Uh, you know, I do, I do run from time to time, but not as uh, not as high volume I had done in the past. You're really using the CrossFit, the gymnastics and the endurance training. It's really cool that you found that yourself. Cause that's what I've noticed with myself as well. I really don't run like I used to, and I could still go out and do a half marathon without training for it at all. And, and it's just nice to be able to do that as far as just working out no more than an hour at a time in a CrossFit workout. And you can really build up, like you said, some good VO2 max and good endurance and yeah. really crush workouts without or crush races without even actually training for them. 100%. So how does that, knowing that and experiencing that for yourself, how does that carry over to what you do as a coach and programming for your athletes? So we do, we do a, a tier system. So what I, what I used to do is I used to go ahead and um, every, everything's done in eight-week cycles. So I, I'll give, I don't care if you're running a sprint, super, a beast, an ultra. It's an eight-week cycle. It's an eight-week of, of running, training, um, with a four-week taper after that. And a, lot, a little bit of math is being done. So you have to figure out when's, when's race day. Then four weeks out from there is the start of the taper. Then eight weeks from out, out from there is the start of the training. Um, so what I used to do is everybody, this is where we're, you're going to run an ultra, you're going to train to run 30 miles. This is what we're going to do. Uh, and we're not going to start you out at a, at a, a low distance. We're going to be doing some tempo runs in between spoon feed you every day that you're going to be working out your meals, nutrition, all that kind of stuff. Lay it, I like, I literally give you your entire life for the next eight weeks is in my hands and I'm telling you what to do. No questions asked. Um, and what was happening is, is a lot of people, so you, 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 you bump into a bunch of different kind of athletes because we're not all the same, right? Um, you have the people that are just are runners. That's just what they are. They are runners and they can run. They can run the five miles all the way out to 30 miles. No pain, no problem. They're good to go, right? Um, then there are the people that, um, by the way, I'm not, I don't really buy into the fact that you need to train 30 miles to run 30 miles. Uh <laughs> Agree. Another discussion for another time. 
uh, but some people want that. Some people want that. So you, you, you advise them, you tell them, listen, say, I don't think this is good. Um, but let's have an, let's have an exit strategy, but that's for another time. So then you, you give them that one, or then you say, listen, you know, let's, let's try to run 20 to get you to 30 or let's try to run 15 to get to 30. Um, but then you, there, there's a lot of athletes that once they start to hit that, um, that double digit range, like once you start to go like to seven or eight miles, um, that's when bad habits start to come in. Uh, be it, you know, maybe you are running is a little bit out of alignment, might be ducking a little bit, uh, might be striking improperly. Um, and it, that might be okay in the shorter distance, but once we start to get to like 70 miles, maybe 10 miles, now all that, all that pounding on our joints and our hips and our knees that started to come into effect, running forms out the window, they're kind of just muscling their way through it. Um, so now it's like, all right, now what do we do? What's, what's the option? Because I can't be like, all right, let's get back out there. I know it hurts, but you fix it, fix the problem. You got this. No, <laughs> it's not big. You're just, all right, well, now I have plantar fasciita. My knees are killing me. I have shin splints. Great coaching. Thank you. No, that's not the answer. So now, now, now we can, um, sorry. Now we can start to get into the herbs, right? Um, I'm a big fan of um, calorie on row, um, distance on bike, and calorie on ski. So what I'll, I'll start intervaling them out from there. Sarah, listen, you hit, you hit seven miles, and that's good. Your body knows how to run. But you know, we'll coach them up on the running form. You know, we do all the ABCs and all those kind of drills and stuff. And uh, we do work with a running coach that shows them where their alignment is and where they're off. Um, but if they're not doing the homework from there, we will get them on the ERGs. So we'll start breaking up the rest of their distance. We'll start breaking it up. All right, well, right now you're going to have to do a 30-calorie row. And I want you to open it up because rowing for calories, rowing for meters, two different things. And I look a lot of people that don't know CrossFit that are listening to this don't know the difference, but you know the difference. <laughs> it's like, so you're, you're open it up when you're doing calories and then I'll, then, you know, we'll go and we'll go over to the bike. Now your bike is kind of like your cool down. Not that I want you to sandbag it, but we're going to go for meters on the bike rather than cow bike because cow bike is miserable. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll, <laughs> then we'll, then we'll bring the, then we'll, but then we'll bring the heart rate back up on the, on the, uh, on the ski. Uh, and I'm seeing a lot of the athletes that are, are, are getting the injuries that are moving over to the machines um, and doing a balance between the two are uh, reaping uh, the rewards from it. So, uh, and that's, that's pretty much, uh, it's, it's an amazing thing. That's awesome. And I love that you have a running coach that actually works with their technique because so many times it's a running coach just does the speed work and the, you know, that programming side of it, but really doesn't address the speed doesn't or doesn't address the technique or the strength side of it. And that's so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you except to let my son in the house. Two seconds. Go for it. <laughs> All right. I'm back. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Got to play dad. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right, no, so no problem at all. Go ahead. <laughs> no problem at all. Um, yeah, the running, having the running coach. Yeah. But I just absolutely love that you have the running coach who actually addresses a technique because it's an area that is so often missed with people that, like you said, is so important into these injuries that we get. So I, not that I, not that I want to blame our public school system, but <laughs> <laughs> go for here's it. The deal. Here's the deal. Um, especially when sports are involved, um, like a football team, uh, you know, any, any kind of sport, right? Everybody let's go run laps. Uh, track, track is the worst by the way. 
Um, so it's like run laps, right? Are you gonna are you gonna show them how to run? Or are you just gonna tell them to go run laps, right? Because I can hear all their feet hitting the ground and their hips and knees and ankles are they're screaming at me right now. But they're running laps and that's super cool. Um, but those bad habits, right? Those bad habits are ingrained in us from the very beginning, right? So it's a, to unlearn those ha- to unlearn those habits is really difficult. So we're very so when we when we do these running clinics or these uh, these training programs, what we like to do is we like to well balance it. So yes, I can I can write you a running program. I can supplement that running program with machines to get you to where you need to be successfully. Uh, we do meal nutrition. Uh, we use something called a, an in-body machine to track your analytics because it's not enough to go out and run, right? Because now you're running and. If you're consuming all your lean mass, then that's no good. We need to make sure that you're burning fat, not muscle. And if you are burning muscle, we need to be able to give you a meal plan to get you back on track to keep that muscle and burn the fat because that's the, that's the coal. We're burning the coal. We want to burn the fat, not the muscle. But then, all right, they're all out there, and you can hear them coming, right? Their they're feet, feet slamming on the ground, right? So, so how do you well-round it? Well, now you need to bring a running coach in. Um, because there are a million different ways that people can be running inaccurately. And what the coach does, the coach has me actually I go out and I film them. And then I give that all, I give all the data to the coach and then they, they pick each one apart. And I've, I've gotten a little bit of an education from it. I see some people, they'll literally, I, I, you know, I touched on ducking before. They'll actually duck with one foot, land straight out with one foot, be able to pronate with one, supinate with the other one. And, and all these bad habits that you don't uh, don't realize that they're happening until you have a professional lay them all out for you. And you're like, wow, that's, that's pretty major. That's why this person's dying at mile seven. Um, so that's, you know, it, it would, I think it would be irresponsible of us to not have that service along with everything else, because if you want to reach it, then I have to give you, I want to lay out everything for you. Um, so yeah, it's key to have that on board. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And then, you know, it's, I feel like going back to the public school system, I feel like there's like two directions. One, it's not addressed. Or two, if it is addressed, it's like, use your stride, like stride out, like use your length. And yeah. it's not that we, you know, we don't need to go longer. We need to be shorter. Yes. Stay tight. Stay under that center. Right. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> yes. But it's not in, in I, I, I got in a little bit of trouble on uh, my kids. Uh, they did a recreational track. They did rec track. And I just, you could hear the kids coming. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I was like, coach, you can tell that you could teach them how to run. They're like, they're doing fine. I'm like, no, they're not. <laughs> 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 they're going to die. <laughs> but yes, it's, uh, it, and it, uh, running is just like everything else. It's like picking up a barbell. There's a way to do a power clean. There's a way, there's a way to do that. There's a way to do it right. There's a way to do it wrong. Um, so if we're going to take time to teach people how to pick up a dumbbell, a kettlebell, a barbell, uh, how to sit on a rower properly, why not teach them how to run properly, right? At the end yeah. of the day, it's, 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 it's essential. It's essential. It's 50% of what's happening on the mountain when you're running Spartan races, right? The rest of it's all strength and gymnastics, but you also need to be able to run properly. And you mm-hmm. see a lot of people, plantar fasciitis is probably the biggest one you see. A lot of people overreaching. And breaking out in front and then just tearing the bottom of the feet up it's uh, it's tough it's a bad one and I, every time i hear somebody who tells me another story about plantar, plantar fasciitis my heart breaks for them it's tough it's tough yeah and that's the thing so many of especially talking running so many of the injuries that we get are preventable 
Um, like, yeah, we get ankle sprains because we turn an ankle on something. Like, things do happen. I get that. But so many of the things are so preventable if we just change how we're running. Yes, correct. Let's go into the... I'm curious, you are a CrossFit coach, you are an SGX coach. How do you incorporate both of those together with your training or with your, with your athletes coaching? I'm going to tell you a secret. All right. Don't tell, don't tell my SGX clients. Don't tell them. They're all doing CrossFit. (laughs) (laughs) Don't, don't tell them. Okay. Um, Secret safe. (laughs) So how do you, how do you incorporate um, SGX into uh, uh, CrossFit? CrossFit into an SGX class. Um, uh, honestly, it's like I get to train CrossFit Games athletes because uh, for a regular CrossFit wad, you can't really start programming six foot, six and eight foot walls and rope climbs in, but you take a handful of Spartans and you say, oh, it's gonna go, we're going to hop over the six and eight foot wall and then we're going to lift the barbell a couple times. You're like, game on, let's do this. Uh, <laughs> it's like, and then, by the way, when you're done, but to buy out of the workout, pick up that bucket, give me one mile with the bucket. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Can I carry two buckets? <laughs> um, but it's it's t- typical training is done just like just like your typical metcon. Um, you know, you, you you do a lot of fifteen, twelve nines. Um, I, I'm a chippers are okay. Chippers are okay from time to time, like a forty minute chipper. I know a lot of people are big fan on like the heavy movements, uh, getting all the way down to zero. Uh, the, I'm sorry, the the high rep. Uh, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of twenty minutes, twenty to fifteen minutes. So. Yeah, there are some days that they will be doing power cleans, deadlifts. Um, I was reluctant in teaching them the snatch, and that was a uh, shame on me because it, it was always a scary movement, snatching and overhead squats. Um, so I really held back on teaching that to them because you have to kind of like really let go of yourself. You have to really get into the gymnastics of the movement. Uh, but when I did finally start teaching to them, it was amazing. They did great with it. Um, but using – Using it, and I don't, I don't have them pack super high weight weight loads on the uh, the barbells. It can, very rarely do I give them at an RX um, because I'm not. It's not the it's not the goal. I want I want you to get your heart rate up. I want you breathing out of control, um, and then I want you to climb that rope. So just like like just like when you're running a Spartan race, you're gonna sprint. You're gonna be running down the mountain, and then you're gonna be slammed into a spear throw. Right? It's like, oh my god, what do I do now? Well, adapt. Throw the spear. Right. So the same thing's happening there. Uh, you know, wall balls, all that kind of stuff. Um, just like a typical Metcon, but we do, we'll, we'll start throwing obstacles in there. Very cool. We talked a little about, or we talked quite a bit about as far as running goes, decreasing injury risk there. What are you doing for overhead work, hanging obstacles, that sort of thing to minimize shoulder injuries, upper body stuff? So unfortunately that, that seems to be, a big one, right? A uh, lot of a uh, lot of shoulder injuries. Um, you know, like I said, we don't not I'm not RXing movements. We drill, we really drill them out. A um, lot of stretching and recovery. So in the beginning, a lot of activation. So we never really jump into workouts. It's a, in our in our in our setting, you have a one hour class block. You might be working out for 20 minutes. Um, so a lot of activation in the beginning. Um, and a lot of cool down stretching recovery at the end to help them get into it. Cause if you jump right into the workout, yes, you're going to tear something, break something, strain something. So a lot of, a lot of activation, drilling, uh, a lot of band work, um, to get the shoulders active. And then what I do is I funnel, uh, I funnel all of my, uh, my, my race preppers. I funnel them all into a, a, a Facebook group. 
um, and I spoon feed them information there. It's where they get their homework. So there's only so much you can you can cram into a training session, right? Um, with still being able to get your point across and then get them into the workout. So now they have to start doing homework at home. Uh, and that's where I kind of feed them all the stretching, recovery, uh, any kind of running drills. I'm a big fan of ABCs. Uh, so it's a lot of, but like they, from there, it's whatever I'm not teaching them in the classroom. And before and after the workout, they have to be doing their homework to stay successful. Cool. And that's our job as coaches to also make sure we're feeding them that information. Yeah, absolutely. And it's an area I think that's missed with a lot. Just the people I talk to and the gyms I've, I've been in, it's just an area that's missed a lot that they're great at coaching. They're great at what they do, but all that other stuff is definitely neglected. So, so it becomes, it becomes like an assembly line, right? So you're just, you know, next class, next class, next class. And you kind of get stuck in the rut, right? Yeah. You remember everybody's names and you're making sure that they're sticking the movements. Right. Um, but what, what, what's day two, what's plan B, right? So you have to, you have to feed, you have to give them, there has to be some kind of resource where they're getting their homework for Like my, my CrossFitters, my CrossFitters, we have, um, we have Olympic weightlifting classes. That's, twice a month on Saturdays or Sundays where you come in and it's literally a one hour session of a power clean. That's it. You're just going to power clean, empty barbell, full barbell, find your one rep max. This is how you do it. Progressions, all that kind of stuff. Same thing needs to be done. You're stretching recovery, activity, uh, reactivation, all that kind of stuff. That still needs, that needs to be happening with everything else. So it's where we're, that's where we have to put our coaching hats on and really start to earn our pay to make sure that they're getting through this stuff injury free and being successful and getting out to the race. Absolutely. Not that I want them to hurt themselves at the race, but I definitely don't want them hurting themselves in the gym. <laughs> right? <laughs> Pretty much. It's kind of way it should be. It's like, like, I tell myself, finally, I after I got injured multiple times, um, <laughs> but it's like, there's no point in pushing it in a workout just to potentially get injured. Like, if you're in a competition, a race, that's different. Yeah. But you should totally be in there should be no reason that you push past that injury point in the gym. Yeah, no, that's, that's a, that's a huge uh, thing that we, 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 so I'll do, I'll do weekly check-ins with our race preppers and there's no such thing as pushing through, right? So great. You push through the pain and now you get a worse injury, right? There's no such thing as pushing through. And you also have to teach them the difference between um, sore and uh, sore tight and pain pain sharp if it's sharp retaliate back out stop what you're doing right that's your body telling you hold on a second something's wrong here tightness and soreness totally different thing this is something that can either be fixed through resting some rolling stretching um but yeah once we can educate them on that the difference on those things and to not be a hero right so the uh, i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say it and uh i'm gonna get hated on i, I i'm not a big fan of sparting up I think that uh, there, there's, I think I think the phrase has been taken out taken out of context. So if you uh, have completely shattered your collarbone and your ankles completely blown out, there's no reason to continue, right? <laughs> so like that that I don't I think that's irresponsible. But if you're if you if you feel like you really can't finish and you're you're it's more of a it's an internal thing or a soreness thing and you just have, are fatigued and then you're reaching down and you're finished. Then that's something totally different. So it's like, I think the, the re-education of that nomenclature needs to be done because there are people that will just, you know, they'll, they'll just to get their name on the board, 
you know, to, to say I did the best in this workout. They will push through pain and then you won't see them for a month because they're completely injured themselves. So to re-educate with stuff like that is key because I, 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 I love one of every, each and every one of my athletes and I want to make sure that they all make it through uh, successfully. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that 100% that there's so many, and I mean, I see it all the time on when I'm scrolling through the different pages on Facebook that all these people with injuries are going to race anyway and all this stuff. And like, it's not like, yeah, some things can be pushed through, but most things you shouldn't, it's not worth it. Yeah. And so, so brief history myself, I, I, I got, had a hard uh, lesson in that one. I had torn my uh, rotator cuff, uh, uh, separated my bicep and had a greater tuberosity fracture in my humerus chasing a dog. Um, but it was, it was, I was, I have to go to Killington. I have to go to Killington. I got, I got to, I got to go, I got to run the ultra and I'm trying to do the math in my head on how to do the race in a full pillow sling locked out. Can I do one arm burpees? How can I get up to Duck March? I think I could probably climb a rope and, and carry a bucket with one arm. Like I'm starting to do the math and I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> what am I doing? this isn't going anywhere. So, so you, 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 there is FOMO is real, right? There's the fear of missing out. Um, there's also the fear of you losing what gains you have made, right? I've been so successful up at this point. And then if I, if I stop moving, then I'm never going to just, just wrap me up in the shroud of tour and I'm done. You know, it's over. Like my whole racing career is over because of this. Um, and then, then there's the depression, right? Depression is a real thing. You take someone who is moving and then you make them stop they're going to go into a depression. So I was like very much knee deep into that whole, that whole mire right there. And then you just, you have to tell yourself, wait a minute, you have to, you have to stop and say, you know what? I have to take care of this first. Let me take care of this first. And I know that I can come back stronger and better and, and, and attack this the right way. But I can definitely see how people will, will, can get wrapped up in that. I, I, I almost did. I literally almost ran an ultra beast. You know, one of those rotator cuff slings that we give the ball to squeeze. Yeah, I was going to do it. I was told he was going to do it. <laughs> I'm glad I did. It probably been the worst decision of my life. I probably would have got like a mile in and be like, why am I here? <laughs> but I get it. I, I completely get how that's real. And then also, you know what? As coaches, that's our job to be there for our clients that are injured, that are feeling that depression and uh, the fear of missing out. And to let them realize, like, listen, OCR in sports is not going anywhere. You know, take care of you and let me help you take care of you and, uh, and, and help them get back out there successfully. You also have to be a support structure for them. I think the important thing to remind them to of is, remind them of is the whole longevity factor that, yeah, you could go race this, but you could destroy the rest of your ability to race forever if you do yourself <laughs> back you know, two years. Right. And, and so right. it's like, is this one race really worth your potential future? Right. Correct. I want to go back to something you said right in the beginning, and that's train with purpose. It's something I absolutely love for a number of reasons, but the the reason I absolutely love it is there's so many times that we just see people going through the motions as far as like, if we're doing any lift, it's just kind of doing the lift, not really focusing on what their body's doing, not really paying attention to what's going on. Um, and it's not really an adequate way or efficient, effective way to train just because we're just, we're not really focusing on what the body's doing, what the body should be doing. We're just being there and moving. And 
Um, it's just something I absolutely love just because so many people don't actually train with a purpose or move with a purpose. They just are there kind of. Right. So, uh, I've, I've tried to attack this, uh, many different ways on how to educate, uh, my athletes on how to train with purpose. Some obviously we'll get it right out of the gate. Um, and you could literally feel the intensity coming off of them and they're on the job, you know, three, two, one, go, they're at it. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're taking the, they taking the workout seriously. Um, others take a little bit longer for you to kind of educate them. You kind of, you, you tell it's like, it's a grace day. You say, listen, what do you do when the, when they let you out of that corral? You, you, you hit it with intensity. Said, this is it. This is your corral. You're all corralled up right now. You're all lined up on the floor. As soon as that, that clock goes three, two, one, go, I need you to run up the mountain. I need you to, to, to just turn it off. And I need you to just focus on this right now. Um, the other, the other way that I've found that really helps is every, every day, my name is on the board. I take different classes, you know, sometimes it's an AM, sometimes it's PM, sometimes it's midday, but my name is on the board somewhere every day. Um, and I like to point out to my athletes, my name, my, my score might not be the best of the day, might not be the best of that class, but I did it with purpose. I did it with intensity. I turned it on. And, and the goal is not to be the best. If you did that, Great. I mean, that's amazing, but that's not the point. The point is, did you give it your all? Were you laid out on the floor when you were done, barely able to reach your water bottle to take a drink, just a sweaty mess, like heart beating out of your chest? Because that's the goal. If you can talk to me when you're done with your workout, like immediately after, then you missed the point of this, right? They, I, want, <laughs> I want one word answers or... <laughs> that's it. That's... That, then I know, I know you, you hit your, your, your perceived VO2 max, right? We know, we know we're there. Um, and, that, and that happens with training with purpose. Um, you know, a lot of people, in, which is the, the downside of training with CrossFit is a lot of people, they, they want to, right out the gate, they want to put plates on the bar. They want to, they, you know, be at a 10, 15, 25, 45, whatever. They want to put plates on the bar. And it's hard to get past that point to explain this. So listen, as soon as you nail this, Form, we can start putting plates on the bar. But until then, I'm going to start going around the room and I may be taking weight off of your bar. It's going to happen. And I'm not shaming you publicly, but I need you to get this right. As soon as you get this right, a whole new world is going to open up to you. But if you start with bad habits, you're going to end with bad habits and you're going to hate this. So it's, you know, it, it, it's a slippery slope, but uh, yeah, training with purpose, training with intensity uh, is, is key, is, is, is really is the secret because you can take two different people and you can go through the same workout and get two different results because one person may be training with purpose and the other one might not be. Um, so it's, re, it's educating them and finding different ways because you can, you can explain the same movement to three different people, but you might have to explain it three different ways because the, the other two people aren't going to get the first way to explain it. It's just how it is. It's how we perceive things. Yeah. And it's really interesting as a coach, you can really pick up on who is training with purpose and who isn't by how much progress they're making. You know, if you haven't yes. seen any progress from someone in a year, then <laughs> it kind of goes to show that they're not doing. So it's, that's another, so we yes, ask like a, like a regular CrossFit gym for a CrossFit and our SGX workouts, names go on the board, times, weight loads. Um, all that kind of stuff. So they can, they can journal themselves. They can track themselves. And you can see the ones that, are, that start to take pictures of the board or start getting their own journals. You can, see, you can see it happening. You see the gears turning. They're starting to understand on how to track themselves and how to be more successful at it, which is super amazing. Um, moreover, with our race preppers, uh, when they go out on their runs, um, 
same thing like a regular wad. They, you know, let's say on week six, we're, they're running 15 miles or they're getting 15 miles plus obstacles in. Um, there's a start and finish time, and every athlete's name on the board needs to have a start and finish time. But what we do with that is we actually take their times and we figure out their splits. And then we, 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 we consult them and say, listen, you know, uh, you know, Frank, where are you going? I'm going to City Field. You want a podium? Yeah. So then we'll, we'll start to go through all the athletes that are going to be signed up that day and say, listen, these are the people that have taken podiums before. This is their finish times. This is where you need to be. So if they're, if they're on pace, off pace, we'll start telling them if they need to start pick, pick, uh, picking up their speed, if they need to slow down, like where they're at, all that kind of stuff. That's the other, the other end of the spectrum. So that's how you can use the RXing slash scoring for CrossFit for SGX. You can actually go that extra mile and show them how they can get to that podium, be it age group elite, wherever they want to be. Um, Cause again, it's not enough to just go out and run, like, yeah, man, I ran and run and this is my split. Okay. What do you do with that? <laughs> because right? there are people out there that might be faster than you and if they are faster than you you no need to know how much faster they are than you. this season's going to be a little bit rough because now that it's standardized everything they kind of started last year a little bit playing with it like towards the end of the season so i remember i remember feeling poverty Pomerton sprint was like it was like almost like dead on three miles but like the other races were like kind of close but i have a feeling this season like they're going to be completely on rails i think your sprints are going to be just about three miles so like everything's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting on how to pace everybody, which should be interesting. Yeah, it really will. And yeah, it's going to be one of those years where you can't compare times to previous years because the distance has changed. And I want to yeah. say the sprint here was 3.4. Yeah. It was a little bit over. I want to say it was 3.4. Um, yeah. And then same thing. It was like, I think the super was like a 6.8. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting this year with all that. Yeah. Well, it's time to sharpen our pencils as coaches now, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> now, now, now we really got to do our job. We got to really figure it out. No problem. Always, always up for a challenge. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Um, we'll kind of start closing it out. If someone has, if someone wants to follow you, reach out to you, has more questions for you, where can they find you? Uh, Instagram, uh, mud underscore sweat underscore tears underscore one on instagram uh then facebook what's what tears or they can follow me on facebook uh francis generelli uh you know shoot me a message uh always love talking about training uh some ultras will come see me from you know pennsylvania connecticut upstate new york just to sit down for a couple minutes talk drop in um you know we, we have a philosophy uh it's not very spartan like <laughs> when it comes to ultras uh, it's, it's called make friends at the finish line. And I say that because when you're running ultra, you're on task. Uh, you're, you're, you're fighting the clock all day. Uh, so you, you need to move, you need to move with purpose. Uh, and a lot of times if you, if you start moving, slowing down or, or get stuck in a rut behind someone uh, in front of you, you might not make that time cut. And if you get to the finish line and you don't earn that buckle, you're going to drive home and you're going to remember every time, like, oh man, I wish I could stop and do this. Oh, I wish I would around at this point. You're on task. You're 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 on you're on mission. Uh so during Ultra, yes, you're making friends at the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Oh, I like it. I like it. But yes, yeah, so anybody wants to reach out on Instagram or Facebook, love to love to chat about uh, endurance and all that kind of stuff, training methodologies, how to eat properly, uh, all that kind of stuff. Love it. Awesome. Well, Frank, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. It was amazing. 
And that concludes this week's episode of Highly Functional. If you enjoyed it and found the information helpful, I invite you to head over to Facebook and join my group, Obstacle Course Racing Athlete Health and Performance, where you can both join your OCR tribe as well as find very helpful, useful information on how to become a more dominant racer, a more resilient racer, and truly race at your peak performance. And until next time, let's go out and be highly functional.